podcast talking all things health technology and NHS IT. Welcome to Digital Health Unplugged. Hello and welcome to another episode of Digital Health Unplugged. I'm your host, Jordan Soloff, news reporter at Digital Health. And today we're going to be focusing on, as we did a little while ago, on the Chief Nursing Information Officer or CNIO mentoring program. Um, really delighted to be joined today by Helen Borsden, interim CNIO at NHS England. Helen, um, I know how busy you are, so thank you very much for taking the time to come to the podcast. How are you, first of all? And also, how's it been since kind of Natasha Phillips departed and, and you became the interim national CNIO? Oh, that's a big question there. No, all good. Thank <laughs> you. Just still trying to keep the show on the road and keep us all going. We've got some great work in, in motion to trying to make it as seamless a transition as possible. Uh, and clearly we're moving through to recruitment for the permanent post holder in the weeks to come. So lots going on here. Absolutely great. Yeah. Um, so as I said, we're going to focus on the CNI mentoring programme mm-hmm. today. And um, your yeah, first question, I guess, is could you tell our listeners a bit more kind of about the reasons behind launching the mentoring programme? Um, for future and aspiring CIOs and also the kind of key challenges that the programme aim to address and those outcomes that you're hoping to achieve? Yeah, great question to start us off with. I think really when people take on a CNIO role, they become all things to all people. And I think as an advisory panel, we were very much thinking, how do we help that next generation come through? How do we build the digital nurse leaders of the future? How do we help them? We were hearing lots about don't know where to go for support, don't know if I'm doing the right thing, quite lonely, and a lot of imposter syndrome really coming through as they start moving into becoming that bridge between that clinical role and the technical translator and working between the teams and start changing everybody's workflow. So we heard lots of emotion in there and we're like, what would help? Um, And how do we grow this group of people? Because we've really built a huge social movement across the work of the advisory panel, but also the work Natasha did um, as that first chief nurse and information officer at NHS England, a huge following. How do we harness them and how do we help them? Um, So this really sought to try and see if it would be an intervention that would really help grow that next generation. So really wanting to support them with group mentoring, um, but also try and grow that next generation of leaders. Yeah, and um, could you kind of walk us through the process of the mentoring programme? So particularly in terms of how the mentor-mentee relationships were established, how those kind of monthly group meetings were structured, and the specific areas of development that were targeted through the sessions. Absolutely. So there was a lot of conversation at the advisory panel about how we might set this up, um, what were going to be our issues. And we landed on group supervision as just a way of being able to reach more people. Um, But we didn't know how many people were interested. So to start with, we just put an application process out, really just asking what did you want to get out of it um, and how might it help you? So making people really think about how it's going to help them in their career. We went through the applications. We got, I think it was just under 40 applications. So absolutely delighted from a range of um, nurses, midwives, AHPs that were either in a digital leadership role or wanting to step into it. So quite a difference in terms of skills and experience. So we actually 
sort of went through and put them into categories, I guess. We used the emerging, the aspiring, the senior leader, and actually then went through and went, so where do our panel fit? Of all of those people who said they would contribute to mentoring, how did we match the right people with where they were as mentors and, and bring that all together? And we then left it for the mentors to set up and work with the mentees they've been allocated. Nobody had been allocated more than five mentees uh, so that small groups could build that relationship. Um, and hopefully, you know, we all know scheduling is a huge challenge, but hopefully get everybody in the same room at the same time. We asked them to schedule those six sessions um, and really start working that through. And we asked them to schedule sort of between an hour and 90 minutes um, because you need time for good conversations. If people are going to step out of busy day jobs, we knew we needed to make sure that that was going to work. We did that clearly. We've implemented all of that. We've had some great sessions that have gone on there. And at the end of that, we did an evaluation that looked at um, simple questionnaire, both for mentors as well as mentees. Um, so that was our process uh, in an, a great overview. So trying to make sure we captured what worked, what didn't work, so that we can really move to the next step and look at how we sustain some of this. Brilliant, thanks. And kind of based on the feedback that you received from mentees and mentors, what have been some of the, the key outcomes and learnings from the programme? Have there been any kind of unexpected benefits or challenges that emerged over the course of the six month programme? I think in terms of what worked well, we saw people bringing a wide variety of different subjects to the table. And that provided an opportunity for creating and sharing different resources, listening and support. It was interesting, each of the mentors seemed to do it slightly different. So some would set a programme up saying, OK, from the issues you've raised, week one, we're going to do this. Session two, we'll do this. Session four, we'll do this. So set some structures. Another just went, so what's topical today? And I think it really showed that both was needed to really work through the skills, experience, diversity. But what we heard was lots of shared learning. We also heard that our mentors were quite accessible to one to ones where it was needed with people really couldn't get through uh, to the sessions. We heard that actually taking time to plan some of those sessions would have made it even better so that people could put the whole thing in their diary and make it work. Um, but there needed to be a balance between free flowing conversation and a bit of structure and somebody guiding that conversation to make it really useful and worthwhile. Um, but it was also important to set expectations. A short term mentoring problem isn't going to address everybody's needs, um, but really tried to bring some of that forward. And I think what we saw is keeping those groups small was the best way of possibly doing it because it meant everybody had an opportunity to talk and people felt elbow to talk. And I think some of the stuff we've worked through in terms of there were some great themes that came through, both from mentors and mentees, and both said it was a two way process. It wasn't all about the mentees learning something. Actually, the mentors learn as much as the mentees. And actually, they all learned something from each other um, and they all shared ideas and explored some things that were really topical for them. Um, the mentees, I think the, the biggest thing we saw that was reported in the in the evaluation was growth in confidence. You know, and that is exactly we didn't say that's what we were aiming to do, but absolutely that was we were just delighted and it was an overwhelming positive impact of it. People also said they'd taken the time to reflect and actually having that time really made them think about what worked for them, how they were going to work, but also build their networks. 
So they mm-hmm. started to reach out to each other and started supporting outside of the mentoring program, which is a, a, an amazing opportunity um, and secondary impact, really. They also said they didn't feel alone and isolated. So, you know, these jobs can be isolating. I know I've been there. Uh, done it myself and they are but actually that network becomes so so important so again another really valuable thing and such rich conversation they those were the real highlights that people said lots of growth and opportunities in there so some amazing stuff fantastic yeah um and looking ahead then how do you envisage maybe this mentoring program changing and evolving in the future the plans to maybe expand it in any way or to incorporate new elements based on the feedback that you've received? I think the next step is to repeat it. And certainly talking to the team at Digital Health, it's going to be one of those core requirements of the CNIO advisory panel and hopefully all the panel take part and maybe even some of the previous panel or anybody with senior nursing experience that's part of the Digital Health Nursing Network because that we've all got something to offer. And the more people we have as mentors, the more people in our communities we can support. The group model worked well. Not everybody liked it, but they recognised that actually sometimes finding time for one-to-ones, multiple one-to-ones, was really hard. So I think we're going to keep that group mentorship programme because it really does build and work. And it's looking forward to hopefully get two programmes out in the next two years so that we can sustain, keep building it, keep evolving it. Um, And hopefully it's got long levity in here because... Digital is here to stay. Uh, I don't see any of the issues. I was talking to our Florence scholars very recently. The same issues are still coming through. So there's still lots more work for us to do to build the confidence, build that future workforce and get that community talking and solving each other's problems. There's a question that just kind of sprung to mind for people that are applying for the the programme. How does kind of a mentee go about finding the right mentor for them? Because I think that must be a difficult one. It is tricky and there's no hard and fast rule. And I think sometimes it's where you are in your life and your career about how do you find the person that you connect to. We Mm -hmm. didn't clearly give our mentees a choice in this. We allocated and we led that very much going, actually, that person's got great skill sets, so they'll deal with emerging leaders better. That's probably more experienced and can cope with the senior leaders. So we tried to match knowledge, skills, experience with people. But of course, we don't know everybody on a one-to-one. It seemed to work, looking at the feedback for us, some amazing words uh, from the mentees. And, you know, I found confidence. It's nice to connect. You know, I was an aspiring CNIO and now I've got a CNIO. So we're seeing career growth from this. So I think what we did worked. But if I was a, a nurse in practice trying to look for the, the right person, who do I aspire to? Where do I want to be? How can I get a conversation with them? Um, and I think just talking to us, there's going to be a lot of us around at Digital Health Summer School uh, in the end of the month. And I think, you know, I would encourage newer or aspiring CNIOs to reach out to the the group of us that have been around for a while and just talk. What do you want? How can we help? What does that look like? Um, and sometimes it's a one-off conversation and some of, sometimes it is a few sessions like this. It's not a hard and fast rule. And I've had a range of mentors over my career, all for different purposes and different reasons. And I think we need to embrace that as a community. I couldn't agree more. Um, final question for me then. Could you share any 
a success stories or example of how the mentoring program has positively impacted the career tra trajectories of some of the mentees and also of what role has mentorship played in helping these CIOs achieve their professional goals and aspirations? Yeah, from, from the feedback that we got, I think we were blown away by what we heard, that the that we made new connections, came across. They've met people they would never come into contact in their day to day. So they built their own communities. So that was absolutely a critical success factor. But what we also heard was group. the group were getting jobs. They were suddenly yeah. bringing actually, oh, my gosh, I've got this. It's helped me be my best. And, and they were getting new career opportunities. And they were also reaching out and joining new networks as well. So they themselves were growing and then going, actually, how can I help others? So amazing. And what we also had is people presenting at national conferences, having the confidence in themselves, their own abilities, the work that they're doing, and feeling confident and credible to stand up in large conferences, deliver webinars, and actually take on speaking opportunities. Um, so uh, just amazing, amazing. That's all benefits we weren't aiming for, but just amazing to see. Brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's been a huge success and I look forward to the kind of next cohort of mentors Absolutely. and mentees. Yeah, um, we come to the end of the episode. Um, time does go quickly. Uh, thank you very much again for taking the time to come on Digital Health Unplugged, Helen. You're very welcome. Have a good day. Um, thank you yeah, very much for having the opportunity to talk about this amazing project. Yeah, look forward to seeing you at summer schools. You're looking forward to the event? I'm very much looking. It's one of the highlights of my year. I always love the conversations. Uh, yeah. I've got to do a keynote speech this year, first time. So be curious to see how that yeah. goes down. Look forward to listening to that one. Yeah, um, yeah, it's the 10th anniversary as well of, of the event, of course. Indeed. So yeah, creeping ever closer now. Thanks everyone for listening. You can find us on all the usual podcast platforms. We'll be back after summer schools with the next episode. So until then, hope everyone who's going to Birmingham has a brilliant time and it's a valuable experience for you. And take care and see you soon. listening to Digital Health Unplugged. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favourite podcast platform. And to find out about our latest news and events, head to our website, digitalhealth.net.